Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Well, good morning, New Life Church. As, uh, as Brent said, it is so good to see the familiar faces back in church this morning. I don't know about you, but I looked over and getting to watch our 412 students worship together. You know, it's been a while since they've been in here and they've been meeting. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to open that classroom back up. Today, we actually have our, have our infant's room open back up. Man, our ch- yes, yes. It is so important that we have the opportunity to come together and fellowship and dive into God's word together. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been in a series and it's been titled Walking with God. And we've talked about spiritual disciplines that we can place into our life that allows us to grow closer to him, to grow deeper in our relationship. We talk about this intimate relationship that is there for us. Well, these spiritual disciplines are areas that we can maybe make some corrections, maybe a small adjustment that allows us to dig deeper, to grow closer. You know, the first week we talked about prayer and fasting. We had a week of prayer and fasting as a church. And... I want to encourage you, if you're going through something in this season, maybe you've got a big decision that you need to make. Um, Just because we've wrapped up our fast corporately as a church doesn't mean that you can't take time to fast and pray on your own. I encourage you guys to spend time seeking God's direction for your life and what it is that he's calling you to do. You know, we talked about what fasting is and what it is not. Fasting is not a demand, but it is encouraged. You know, fasting is actually discussed more in scripture than water baptism. But it doesn't bring God closer to you. It brings you closer to God. It gives you an opportunity to seek his direction and his face. The next weekend, we talked about solitude and how Jesus gave us the perfect example of how we are to live our life and the importance of spending time alone with God. We're busy. Would you agree? We live in a busy society. We're always going. We're always doing something. Jesus gave us the example of how he would take time in the morning. Scripture says before the sun would come up and he would get alone with God. And he would spend time in his presence and seek his direction. Then last week we talked about the discipline of simplicity. And you say, well, simplicity, how is that a spiritual discipline? Well, it's pretty simple. We get very hectic, busy. Our schedules fill up. Our calendars fill up. Technology is a great thing. Would you agree? But sometimes technology can take over. I don't know about you, but I catch myself sometimes with my iPad on one leg, my laptop on the other, with my cell phone out, reading emails, comparing this, comparing that. And we we have the tendency to almost convolute our schedules and our days and our daily routines. We talked about the importance of simplifying life. What is a few things that we can adjust, just some tweaks that we can make in this season at this time that will draw us closer to God? And then today I want to talk to you about the discipline of fellowship. You know, if there's anything that this week has taught us, it is the importance of community. It's the importance of having authentic relationships in our life. It's the importance of doing life together. You know, I look around this room and I see your faces and I see my friends. Church isn't just people. This is our family. We need each other. We need to be there for one another. You know, last weekend I shared with you about the shepherd's tree. How the shepherd's tree is actually the tree that's got the deepest roots of any tree in the world. 
But the thing that was unique about the shepherd's tree is it was coined the tree of life in that region. It grows in Africa. Its roots grow over 230 feet deep. And the reason that it's coined the tree of life is because the people in that community, in that area, in that region, they depend upon it for life. They drink water from the core. They eat the fruit off of the, the, the limbs, the berries that it produces. But the thing that also is unique about that tree is it's an evergreen tree. It doesn't lose its leaves when the seasons change. We're going to go through seasons that are difficult. Would you agree? We're in a season right now that's a little bit difficult. You know, we talk about a pandemic. We talk about elections and things that are going on around and the, 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 the constant sounds around us. And then when you have a week like we've had as a community, we're reminded of what is really important. It's each other. God gave us two commands. Love God and love people. And the second is equally as important. We're called to love each other. We're called to be there for one another. We're called to lift each other up in times of sorrow and in times of difficulty. To say that I feel the weight of this week would be an understatement. But so does this entire community. Genesis 2.18 tells us it's not good for man to be alone. Our first problem that God addressed didn't have anything to do with sin. It had to do with solitude. He knew that we could not do life by ourselves. Last weekend, I talked to you about five things that it takes to grow. We've got to grow. We've got to grow as a church. We need to grow spiritually. We need to grow deeper. We need to stretch out. You know, as he's talking about the shepherd's tree, I... I couldn't help but this week, but look, I thought, well, you know, they've got the deepest roots in the world, but what is the largest tree in the world? Well, the shepherd's tree isn't anywhere near the largest or tallest tree in the world. It's actually the redwood trees that you see in California. But the thing unique about the redwood trees is, isn't what is above the surface, it's what's below the surface. It's the root system that's intertwined and connected, that's dependent upon each other for survival. We're dependent upon each other. And sometimes we need to set our differences aside. Would you agree with that? And we need to depend on each other and be there for one another. There's a few things that we can do that in this season we can just make an adjustment, make a correction. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to examine your heart. Proverbs 4.23 reminds us above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Check our heart. Check your heart. Is there any bitterness? Is there any anger? Is there any unforgiveness, rage? Is there anything that you're holding on to that is acting like a barrier between the relationships with the people that you look around this room or the relationship between you and God? Everything that we do flows from it. That's why he told us above anything else, guard your heart. The next thing is it takes getting into God's word. This is the place, as Brent mentioned a few minutes ago, if you're looking for truth, if you're looking for answers, you're not going to find it on the news. You're not going to find it on social media. If you're looking for truth, you're going to find it in God's word. That's why we believe strongly as a church that it's more important now than ever for discipleship. We're starting a foundations class. At the end of service, both services today, there will be a table set up in the foyer and it's an opportunity for you guys to sign up for our foundations class. We're going to judge a little bit based upon how much interest we have for this. We'll either do it during the 11 o'clock service in the living room, if we've got 15 or 16 people. If we have 50, 60, 100, I hope we have 1,000 
that sign up for this. If we do, then we'll do it right here on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. So we're going to have the options. We're going to judge it based upon the interest that we have. But I want to encourage you. It's time for us to awaken in this city. It's time for us to evaluate our foundation. It's time for us to see below the surface. It's really easy to see what's above the surface. You know, we're real quick to say, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Smile, shake hands, fist bump, and move on. But it's time for us to evaluate where we are. Where are we spiritually right now? Are you dry in this season? Some of you may feel like you're filled up, like your cup is running over. Some of you may feel disconnected. This foundations class, I believe, is a great place to start. You know, I shared last week, when's the best time to grow spiritually? It was 10, 20, 30 years ago. When's the next best time? Today. So I encourage you, stop by there. Ask. Pastor Adam and Alex are going to be leading that ministry and their wives. And I'm, if nothing else, they're just cool to hang out with. So you'll, you'll gain from that, I promise. The third thing we have to do is we have to follow the example that Jesus gave us. I was reminded this morning that Jesus walked with a relaxed intensity throughout life. He gave us the example of how we are to put these spiritual disciplines in our life. Solitude, simplicity, spending time with him, getting alone, seeking his guidance, prayer, fasting. The life that he lived, he showed us. He didn't just come in and say, this is how you do it. He came in and said, let me show you how to grow your relationship. The next thing, which I believe is very important, is we have to be led by the Holy Spirit and not our emotions. There's a lot of emotions going around right now. A lot. You may have noticed the prayer cards that are laying across the stage. If you remember at the beginning of the year, we took time to pray and fast, and I asked you guys to fill out these prayer cards for 2021. We reflected back on everything that God had done for us in 2020. We filled these out for 2021. I collected them. We've prayed over them as a team. Our, our pastors have prayed over them. I put them in the office. I'll pray over them all year long. Well, this Friday night, we had a night of prayer and support for the young man that left this earth way too young. We had over 250 students come right here in this room. Students. But you know what I love the most? is that I know of six different pastors from six different churches with different names on the front of the building, different denominations, different backgrounds come together Friday night right here in this room. I watched those pastors line up in front of the stage. They didn't care about the name on their church. None of them did. Every one of us had, this, had one thing in common. God broke our heart for the city of Greenbrier, Arkansas. And I watched these men of God pull together and pray with these students and lift these students up. The other thing is it's going to take is time. It's time. We only have so many hours in the day. There's 24 hours in a day, and there's seven days in a week, and we can't gain more time. But what we can do is we can evaluate where we're investing our time. Where are we spending our time? I'll be honest with you. This week, I've spent a little more time speaking with my family. I've spent a little more time talking to my teenage son, asking him how he feels, how he's doing. We need to evaluate where we're spending our time. Are we spending our time in places that matter? Are we investing our time in what's important? Or are we chasing success? Or have we just gotten to a pace that it's just normal? It takes time. And then the sixth thing is what I want to talk to you about today. It takes fellowship. 
It takes each other. We know we need people to share our faith. You know, during this pandemic, there's been another pandemic. And the sickness and loneliness. It's loneliness. It's real. As I read these prayer cards from these teenagers. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I am encouraged at the same time. Of their heart. Adam and I was talking about it this morning. Is It seems like, it's almost like that this generation has a hunger for the truth. They're tired of surface level. We've had a surface level relationship for years. Surface level, come in, get a little bit of Jesus and leave. Go out throughout your week. They're hungry for getting into God's word. You may say, well, there are 250 students that were here. That's not very many prayer cards. Well, the reason that there's the prayer cards that are up here is because we took and we divided these prayer requests. The prayers that these students were praying for themselves and for each other, we divided it amongst every pastor that was here that night from different churches. So this morning... The church that may have a different name on the front of the building, we're joining together like the roots of that redwood tree and we're praying for this community. We're praying for these students. We're going to continue to pray for these students and pray for this community. We're united in that. You know, we can, we can disagree on whether or not you have instruments on the stage. Some people like light, some people don't. But at the end of the day, this right here is what is important. is to be doctrinally pure and to dig into God's word. That is important. It's important for us as a church. And we talk about and we pray about and we, we, we sing about a God of revival in this city. I believe a revival can happen right here in Greenbrier, Arkansas. God can take this tragedy and use it for something good. God didn't do this to this young man. If you're here this morning and you're a student and you're hurting, let me just tell you this. God didn't do this. God didn't make that decision. We serve a God that loves us so much that he gives us free will to love him back and to make the decisions that we make. He loves us and he loves you, but he can take this tragedy at this moment, at this time, and he can use it for the good of many. And I believe that's what he's going to do. You know, there was a poll, a Gallup poll conducted in 2020. said a 1,000 American adults were asked to assess their mental health the 20-somethings in age, only 28% said that they would assess their mental health as excellent. That's down 9% from 2019. 41% of married people described their mental health as good. That was actually down 8%. They're struggling with no one to talk to. 27% of single people said it was good, and that's down 10%. Unable to connect. But you know out of this poll that there was one group that reported an increase in their mental health? You know what it was? Those that engage in a weekly worship service. It was up about 4%. What's the common ground? It's unity. It's coming together. Spending time in God's presence. It's worshiping together. We had a moment. And I looked around. It's almost like my faith in humanity was kind of restored a little bit. We, had, we just did two worship songs. Not a lot of instruments with keys. One of our worship leaders, Melissa and her daughter, led two, two worship songs on Friday. I look over and our youth pastors, Tim and Alex, are you guys thankful for your youth pastors that are in there pastoring your kids right now? I look over and Tim and Alex stand up to worship. And I watched as our youth in this community followed their lead. 
that fills my heart, that gives me hope. The hope that we have is not in the circumstances that we live in. Our hope is in Jesus. But out of all of these statistics, we talked about it last week, 22% of the people that consider themselves regular churchgoers, that consider themselves devoted Christians, that were regularly attending church service before this pandemic hit, 22% of them are doing nothing. Nothing. They're not watching online. They're not plugged in online. They're not coming together. They're not worshiping in a building. They're doing nothing. They're completely disconnected. And what I couldn't help but wonder was, are there kids watching that? Is the youth watching that? Are they setting the example that they really want to set for their children? I believe it's important that we show our children, we show our kids, we raise our families, we discuss it with our spouse, the importance of getting into God's Word and staying rooted, staying connected, growing deeper, growing together, studying the principles and the direction that Jesus gives us. You say, well, how do we learn this? Well, what if we just learn from the early church? You know, the early church started, they didn't meet in a building like this. No. They came together in homes. Acts is a story about diverse people in a dangerous time doing life together in a way that changed the world. It spread, the church spread in a time when authorities wasn't just discouraging meeting together. It spread at a time when they faced being murdered for meeting together but they made it a priority. They came together. One day there's a group of 120 of them meeting together. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to pray and speak in different languages and different tongues. Peter walks out, he speaks his first message and 3,000 are saved. It didn't happen in a metal building. It happened with a group of people from different places, different backgrounds, different nations coming together. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship. You know, in this series, I've challenged you guys to stop coming to church. And if you're new and you're visiting with us, you say, well, my preacher just said, stop coming to church. Didn't he just say, come to church? We've got to stop just coming to church, and we've got to start being the church and getting deeper and growing deeper with our relationships with one another and fellowship and spending time together, growing. I was reminded Friday night why I chose to raise my family in Greenbrier, Arkansas. I was reminded why we chose to raise our boys here. It was this community. And it was the unity and the support. People came together. I mean, New Life Church hosted this event. But the whole town came together to feed these kids and love on these kids and pray for these kids and support these kids and to be there for each other. But you know what broke my heart is as I was talking to some of these parents, I was there the morning after that event occurred with the football team. The coaches are addressing them, and there's no words. 
And I talked to one of the parents right after that, and she said, you know, there was a young lady that came up to me, and she said, I just asked how she was doing. And she responded, she said, you know, I didn't really know, Hayden, but people have hugged me today for the first time. They hugged me. I felt connected to my other classmates for the first time in almost a year. They're hurting. We're hurting. We need each other. There's four ways we can fight for fellowship. The first one is by seeking unity. Acts 2, 43 through 44 tells us everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. You know, Jesus was often opposed because he challenged the racial boundaries at that time. The Great Commission was to go and make disciples of all nations. The 3,000 were from modern-day Egypt, Iran, Iraq, and Turkey, all around. Before this moment in history, religion had never really been a choice. Ephesians 2, 18 through 19 says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You see, seeking unity doesn't mean denying our differences. We're going to have differences. In fact, you've probably got differences with your spouse, things that you disagree with. It doesn't mean that we deny differences. It means that we demote them to second because there's a bigger identity that defines us, especially as Christ followers, as believers. Number two, by living sacrificially. Acts 2.45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They looked out for one another. They were there for each other. They helped each other. They contributed to each other's needs. I'm not saying that you need to go sell all your belongings and give them to someone else. That's not what I'm sitting up here saying. But maybe you cook a meal for someone and you take it to them. It's going to take some time. Relationships is going to take a little bit of sacrifice. You're going to have to spend some time. Cook a meal for someone. You say, well, I can't cook. Well, take it to somebody that's got COVID. Apparently, they can't taste. <laughs> How about that? I've been telling jokes on this stage for over a year, and you people finally got one. Man, honey, write that one down. I'm going to use that one next week. The strongest of relationships are always going to require sacrifice, guys. It's a little bit of sacrifice of our time. Let's take this week and this weekend and pray about how we can reconnect with those around this community and with each other. How can we be there for one another? The third thing is by practicing hospitality. Acts 2.46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Sometimes you just need to fire the grill up. We just need to hang out. We need to have community. Listen, life groups is the backbone of New Life Church. We're not just a church with life groups. 
We're a life group church. Typically on this weekend, we would have tables set up all around this room. There would be banners. There would be food. There would be fireworks going off in the foyer. Yeah, that's actually happened before. There'd be people screaming and yelling and clapping, people signing up and getting connected and getting plugged in. It's a party. Well, it looks a little different today, doesn't it? But it doesn't take away from the importance that we need to be connected, that we need to be plugged in. I told you about the foundations class that we're going to have that you can sign up for in the foyer. But today, you can go online. We've tried to centralize everything that we could just to keep it simple. You can text Greenbrier to 88,000. I think we've even got a slide they can put up. It's completely out of order. I'm throwing them on it for a loop. Good job. They can text Greenbrier to 88,000. If you text Greenbrier to 88,000, it's going to send you a link. You click on that link and you can scroll down and you can do just about anything with our campus that you want to do. We've tried to make it simple. If you need a prayer, if you need a prayer, if you've got a prayer request, you need to get connected. You want to fill out a connect card, you can do it there. Let's just say that you want to serve, but if you want to get plugged into a life group, I was looking this morning and I Man, I was excited. I, I know that life groups, life groups look a little different in this season. We don't have as many people bringing large crowds into their home or into the living room. But we've still got 22 opportunities, different places of serve teams and connect and grow. You say, well, what is connect? What is grow? Come see us next weekend. We're having a connect class that my wife and I are going to lead. Pastor Adam is going to be delivering a message, and it'll be a really good message. So I wouldn't miss that. His is a lot better than mine, just for the record. But Shelly and I are going to be in the living room. And we're going to share our heart for you. We have a Connect class. It's, usually our Connect class is about telling you about the, the back governmental operations of New Life Church and our directors and our overseers and how this works and who this is and who that is. And we're going to give you all that information. But this Connect class is a little bit different. I want to hear about you guys. I don't know where you came from. You're going to hear about us. We're going to share our heart for you, where we came from, our vision for this campus moving forward. We'll be there. It's an opportunity for you to figure out who New Life Church Greenbrier is, what we're about. Maybe you've been coming for a day. Some of you are here for the very first time. I got to meet you all ago. Some of you have been coming for years, but it's a great place to figure out who we are as a church. But our goal as New Life Church isn't necessarily to connect you to New Life Church. Our goal is to connect you to Jesus and to connect you to each other. Love God, love people, remember? We want you connected. We don't want you going through life alone. We want to get you plugged in. So there's several opportunities. If you'll text Greenbrier to 88,000, go to sign up for a life group. Check them out. We've got everything from people of, um, how do I say this, Mike, a a distinguished age. Is that a good way to put it? A little older than I am. To connect and plug in. Online, in person, different things. We've got groups that are going to go hiking. They're going to go camping. They're going to happy campers. They're going to go on a float trip. We've got a lake group that people are putting together. They're going to do worship on the water at the lake this summer. They're going to, we've got all different kinds of groups. We've got sisterhood events. We've got women that come together, believe it or not, and worship together. And they study God's word together right here. There's events that they're doing right now. There's a Bible study that the women are doing right now. They're meeting right here in this building on Tuesday nights. You need to get plugged into that. Learn about that. You say, well, I don't always fit in with everybody that do those. That's okay. There's weird people there too. We got weird people leading groups. Just find you a weird person. We've got some. Come talk to me. I'll point some of them out. I'm not going to do it now because they'll throw something at me. But find a group, guys. Find a place to get plugged in, connected, and grow, and connect with one another. 
1 Peter 4, 8 through 9 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, I read this scripture four times last night and I thought, I wonder if I could use this one on Shelly. <laughs> Just being honest. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Does that mean that I could ask her to fix me a sandwich and she's expected to do it without grumbling? No, it doesn't. I, I thought through it. It was a really bad idea, so I changed my mind. That's not what I'm saying. But it is saying to offer hospitality to one another. Put others' needs ahead of your own. You know, near the end of the first century, Christians were excommunicated from the temple. They were forced to do church and homes together. And that's what we want you guys doing, too. And number four, by sharing openly. These are these authentic relationships that I'm talking about. Acts 2, 46 through 47 said, With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Authentic relationships. Being transparent with one another. Opening up, being there. Supporting one another. Hebrews 10 24 through 25 tells us, says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Can I repeat that for just a second? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you see the day approaching. I realize that we have to use wisdom and we have to be careful and we have to consider how we meet today. It's different than it was a year ago. But it doesn't mean we can't still meet. We just figure out a different way to do it. We figure out ways that we can go to dinner together. We figure out ways that we can just check on each other. Pick up the phone, have a cup of coffee. I shared Friday night with these students an analogy of life that I shared with a friend of mine. Um, he's actually in this room. He's, he's emceeing today, as a matter of fact. We were talking about life. Driving down the road one day, and I said, you know, the best way that I know to describe life is it's almost like a boat that is sitting in a boat slip that sits there year-round. It's not taken out of the water every time it's used it just is parked in a boat slip and above the surface everything is good people are happy they're smiling they're laughing they're cutting up they're telling jokes people are getting the jokes but everything looks really good above the surface and then as time goes on and that boat continues to set in that same place this junk begins to attach itself to the bottom of that boat. It's nasty. It's slime. It's dirty. And it just continues to build. Different seasons bring more junk. Different trials bring more junk. Different water conditions bring more junk. Through the years, it just keeps building up. And eventually, if it's not addressed, eventually it's going to eat a hole through that boat the bottom of it. When on the surface, everyone that's on board that boat doesn't realize what's going on. And then it begins to take on water. And when that boat sinks, typically it takes everyone 
down with it. If there's anything that we've learned this week, it is this. We've got to have people in our life that we're authentic with, that we're transparent with, and that we allow to tell us when we've got some junk below the surface. But we have to be willing to evaluate that. We have to be able to step back and say, okay, I've allowed this season to harden my heart a little bit. I've allowed some things, some, maybe it's differences of opinion, differences on this, differences on that, and it's built up and it's just kind of created this barrier. And it's weighing me down. It's preventing me from getting where God's calling me to be. It's, it's affecting my relationships and my friendships. I see that I'm not hanging out with the people that I normally hang out with. And we need those people in our life that we can just share our junk with. Proverbs 12, 15 reminds us that the wise listen to advice. Be willing to take correction from the people that love you. Be willing to take correction. You know, I'm the campus pastor here, but I've got men around me that have 100% full authority to call me out at any given time. Any given time. And they help us notice and pick up. They help me notice and pick up when junk starts accumulating. When they start seeing a burden be a little heavy. It happened this morning. A friend of mine noticed that this week has been a little heavy. He called me out in front of everybody. We prayed. It's like everything changed. But you know what the enemy wanted to happen there? The enemy wanted me just to carry that burden and to hold that burden and to carry it throughout today and tonight. That's what the enemy wanted. But when we have people around you, solid people that are rooted in God's word and that are praying for you and that are lifting you up and being there for you, it's at that moment when we can grow. We can grow as a church. We can offer every life group known to man. You can sign up for all of them. But if we're not authentic with one another, if we don't have the relationships where we can say, hey, how are you? How's your marriage? Hey, I know you struggled with this at one time. Or How are you doing with that? And not take offense to it and go, well, you know what? I'm glad you asked. Would you pray for me? That's where we begin to break those walls down. Ecclesiastes 4, 8, 2, 10 reminds us to pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. My question for you is, who are you helping up right now? Pastor Marcus Brown spoke the online message today, and it was very similar. It was about relationships, I believe, was what it was titled. But I listened to it, and I encourage you to go online and listen to it. It is a different message, but it's around the relational side of things. But he said, it's important that we all have people in our life that are spiritually further along than we are. And the reason being, it's those people that when you get around, it's almost a little bit intimidating. That's how you grow. He said, it's also important that you have people that are not quite to where you're at, that you're bringing along with you, that you're picking up. People are pouring into you and you're pouring it back out. And it's also important to have people on either side of you that are doing life with you. And are walking through life with you. I just want you to find your people. Find someone that you can 
pick up. My dad used to tell me in business when I was a kid, he said, you know, son, to be successful, you need to make sure that you find someone that is more successful than you. The only thing that would keep you from wanting to hang out with people more successful than you is pride. And pride will keep you from growing. Our pride will keep us from growing. It's important that we plug in, that we get connected. I want to leave you with this. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We need brothers in our life, sisters in our life. And it can start today. I'm going to ask everyone to please bow your heads. Some of you in this room may not have any idea what I'm talking about, about this week being a difficult week. We had a young man that had his whole future ahead of him. He was an amazing football player. I watched this kid grow up. He was an encourager. I've talked to several people this week that he just encouraged, not because he had to or he was required to. He just, it's just who he was. But somewhere along the way, he, he lost that hope. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I feel disconnected. I feel far away from God. Or I, just, I just need to make a few corrections. I just need to maybe make a few small adjustments. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I've never had the ability, the opportunity to have that personal relationship with Christ. I've never had the chance to experience that. I've never invited him into my life to forgive me of my sins. I, I don't know where you are today, but, but I do know this. I do believe that in the midst of this tragedy that God is going to use it for something good. It may be that some of you are here for the very first time. But I'm going to ask you this. If, if you're here and you'd say, you know what, I have allowed this season and this time and what's been going on to maybe put up some walls and callous my heart a little bit or maybe disconnect me from my relationships and my friends and my people. And if that's you, I just want to pray for you. You know, there wasn't 3,000 saved the day of Pentecost because of what Peter did. It was because of the Holy Spirit. And God can change your heart. I can't, but I can pray for you. So if you're here this morning and you fall into that and you say, you know what, I, I, I just need you to pray that maybe I just make some adjustments. Maybe I put some of these spiritual disciplines in my life, make some corrections. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. If you're feeling the weight of the season in this time, yes, sir, I got you. I just want to pray for you. Yes, sir, I have you. I got you. Keep it up until I see you, please. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. 
I also never want to leave here on a Sunday without giving you the opportunity to experience this personal relationship with Christ that we keep talking about. So if you're here today, you may be here for the very first time. It may be the first time that you've walked through the doors of a church in your life. It may be the first time that you've walked through the doors of a church in a really long time. Or maybe you've been coming to church and trying to figure out what this is. And you've made the decision today that today is the day that I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins. I want to spend eternity with him. When is the best time to make the decision? Well, it was 10, 20, 30 years ago, but when's the next best time? It's today, it's tonight, it's right now, at this moment. So I'm not gonna point you out, I'm not gonna make you feel uncomfortable. There'll be a time that you need to go public with that decision with water baptism, but you're not saved because you're baptized. You're saved when you make a personal decision to invite Christ into your life and to forgive you of your sins. Turn from your past and look to the future. So if that is you this morning, And you've never made that decision, or maybe you made that decision a long time ago, and you say, you know what, it's time for me to rededicate my life and refocus on what is really important. If that's you, I just want to give you the opportunity. Would you slip your hand up, please? Yes, sir. I see you. Anyone else? Father, I thank you so much for your clear direction and your words. God, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross for us. One drop of your blood would have been sufficient, but Father, you went all out for us. God, for that I'm thankful. For the one person that made the decision today to to either rededicate their life or to give their life to you for the very first time. I just want you to pray with me. Say, Father, forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I leave the past behind me, and God, I focus on you. Father, I repent for everything that I've ever done that has hurt your heart. God, forgive me of the sins, those that I remember and those that I have forgotten all about. And from this day forward, Father, I just want to grow my relationship with you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God a hand this morning? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week.